The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, week after week, month after month, year after year, and for your continued support. I want to give a huge shout out and a huge thank you to all of my new listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight, and hopefully you will become a listener, a regular listener going forward. Well, we have another great show. I've been very fortunate. I've had some fantastic guests uh, over this summer, and, um, well, all my guests have been fantastic here on the show. So I, I want to applaud and just give a huge shout-out to all of my past guests that have been here on the show and very excited about my guest tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about developing today's leaders. So we're going to be talking about leadership tonight. So stay tuned for that segment. And if you had any questions or any comments, you can call in at 917-889-8078. You can call in with your questions and or your comments if you have any. Uh, the number is 917-889-8078. Uh, for those of you that may not know, you can listen to all of the past shows here uh, of my show, the Shape Your Finances show. You can listen to us on demand. That means you can listen to us at any time at your leisure. Uh, we can be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. But you can also go to my website at shipmanconsulting.com, and I've created a uh, page there on my website dedicated to the show. So just go to my website, shipmanconsulting.com, click on the radio show banner, we'll take you over to the radio show page, and you can see a gallery of all of the past guests that I've had here on the show, as well as a listing of all the different topics that we have addressed or touched on since the inception of the show. So I would encourage you to do that. Take a look at that. But definitely take advantage of listening to the shows at any time. Or you can do this. You can, if you have Alexa, you can say, Alexa, play the CWR Talk Network, and it will pull up the show. You just scroll down to shape your finances, and you're able to listen to the shows uh, as well. Well, let's get started. My guest tonight, she has over 25 years of experience in the services and technology space. 
focused primarily on operations, marketing, and human resources. After an extensive career in corporate America, which culminated with her role as the senior vice president of people, she decided to explore her own entrepreneurial spirit. She started her first consulting practice focused on executive coaching and business strategy, then co-launched a retail bakery before settling into her adventure working early, early stage companies and their founders. Her current projects include one-on-one coaching work with various CEOs and founders, digging in as a fractional team member for select early stage businesses, and exploring other startup ideas with fellow entrepreneurs who share her passion around the human capital and technology space. Ultimately, no matter what work she is doing, it's all aligned to her driving purpose, which is to help 1 million people connect with their purpose and learn how to execute on their goals, creating amazing organizations and communities. Let's welcome to the show tonight, Miss Nicole Sparkelly. Welcome, Nicole. How are you doing this evening? I am doing great this evening, and thank you so much for, for having me as a guest on your show. I'm, I'm really flattered to be here, especially because I've had the pleasure of speaking with some of your former guests, and I know that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm humbled by the company I'm in. Likewise, likewise. <laughs> uh, I, I'm so gracious to have you. I'm so glad we were able to connect. And I think I have the the best person to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. So thank you so much for accepting to be a guest here on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, now this is a very important topic. I mean, it's often discussed uh, in many areas of life, uh, talking about leadership. And I know just from just talking with people over the years, there are a lot of people who want to become a leader, but many don't realize what that entails. So we're going to hopefully dig into that tonight. And with that said, I kind of want to start off with this particular, I call it an argument. I have heard this over and over and over. And I don't know if I actually brought it up to you during our first conversation, but I wanted to ask this question just to kind of kick things off tonight. And hopefully you can settle this this argument. Are leaders born or are they made? Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> that's yes. Not a, that's not a yes, a yes, a no question. Come on, Nicole. You got this. Okay, expound on that. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, they are both born and they're made. There are okay. components of leadership that absolutely, I believe, um, are, are born to leaders. And so, you know, I think, Lionel, we've met people who have that, that charisma and that, that certain something about them that naturally when we meet them, we want to follow them. They, they're like magnets. And so that, that intangible something is, is a born attribute about some leaders uh, that, that you can't teach, um, and that's okay. But not all leaders are like that. 
there are certainly things about leaders that's also made. And so we can teach certain uh, skills uh, about leaders and we can teach leaders how to become better leaders. Um, We can teach people how to become empathetic. We can teach them how to communicate more effectively. We can teach them how to how to um, really tap into their emotional intelligence. And so, you know, getting also into the argument of, you know, there's um, th- what you're exposed to from an education standpoint and from um, a, a social standpoint and from an emotional standpoint and how your parents um, and your family and those around you impact you. All of that is the maid. Uh, so, it, so it's a yes. Um, we enhance leaders by by their exposure, but there are some innate things that are are natural. So anybody, I believe, could become a great leader, and good leaders can become great leaders, absolutely. But there are some certain sparks that you see that are certainly born into people. Yeah. I can agree with that. I mean, you have some that they have such a motivating, I guess, spirit behind them. And, of mm-hmm. course, being a leader, that's very important to be able to motivate and inspire people to accomplish the task or the, whatever mm-hmm. the mission is. So you're absolutely right there. So hey, thank you for because initially I went, now, come on, it has to be one or the other. But uh, I definitely understand and that clarified that argument uh, that many people have have talked about, have been discussed. I'm quite sure you've heard it as well, but that that mm-hmm. is the perfect response there. Uh, thank you so much for leading that uh, that question right there. So thank you. Sure. Okay. Let's delve a little deeper then. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, what what makes uh, an individual an effective leader? And I guess it's kind of twofold. I asked that question first, and then I got another follow up question. So what sure. makes a person, an effective leader? Sure. So from from my perspective, and you talked about this when you did my introduction, I really believe that great leaders who are super effective, it starts with a clarity of purpose. I, I believe that the most effective leaders I've been around that, that I see accomplishing great things that I know I want to follow, that I want to emulate, that I want to help others become, really have that true sense of what their purpose is, that clarified vision, that they're able to articulate it, and that's what other people follow. So, you know, you you, you hear people say, I'd run into a wall for that person. I'd jump in front of a bus for that person. You know, that kind of grand gesture, that happens when that person is able to articulate what they're, they're absolutely passionate about, what their true purpose is, share that story with other people, and rally everyone around that sense of purpose. Gotcha. Okay. And the extension of that uh, question, how, how do you maintain your effectiveness as a leader? I mean, I'm thinking about everything that's going on in the world today. How, how do you maintain that? How does a person maintain their effectiveness then? So a good part of that comes from building a great team around you. You know, I think we've all heard heard 
really wise leaders say, you know, I'm not the smartest person in the room. What I do is I surround myself with really smart people, right? And so I think really strong leaders are able to maintain, particularly in these tumultuous times, they're able to maintain things, one, by keeping clarity, by continuing to stay true to what's my, my North Star, if you will, what's my purpose, what's my true vision, continuing to do that gut check of, do I know where I'm going? Am I working on what matters most? Am I staying true to that? Am I continuing to articulate that? And then am I always surrounding myself with the best people who are aligned with that? So, you know, am I building a strong team? Do the team around me, both, you know, the people I work with, but, but the customers, the vendors, if we're talking about it in a business sense, if we're talking about it in a community sense, in a volunteer sense, um, you know, are the people who are fighting for the same cause, if we're talking about it in our family sense, are my friends that I'm surrounding myself with. So it doesn't matter what, what role we're in. Are they all aligned to that same core purpose and those same set of true values of who I am and what I stand for? Because if, if there's a if there's a, a disalignment, you, you wind up with a lot of friction and it's hard to move the ball forward. Good point. Good point. I, I have a I guess another follow up then. How just something that I'm thinking of when you mentioned about having a great team around you, uh, very important. Uh, not being the, the smartest person in that, but you surround yourself with smart people. And, mm-hmm. but you, I mean, of course, a leader still has a great deal to contribute. Uh, I'm thinking about the word intimidation. I've seen a number of leaders from time to time feel somewhat intimidated by a team member or uh, the team itself. Uh, how do you deal with that? Uh, what, what can you provide to those that may be listening? that may have come across some feeling of intimidation uh, from team members, even though they are, you know, they are the leader. How do you deal with that? I just have to think about that when you mentioned that. Yeah, it's a great question. And definitely I have seen that as someone who's, who's, you know, been responsible for hiring people into an organization. It probably is one of the, the biggest struggles, um, that, that I've seen for senior members when they bring new people into an organization is that that fight with, oh my gosh, that person knows more than me, or they might try to replace me. And one of the things I'll coach people through when that happens is changing the mindset and helping them say, you know, two things. One is instead of being afraid that they might know more than you, one, think of, well, what can they teach you? And Two, nobody knows everything. I certainly right. find I, I don't know what I don't know, and I learn new things every day. So right. they know more than you in area X, but you know more in area Y. So what can you coach and mentor them on? And right. how are you together going to make that pie bigger? So how do you shift your mindset around that? One. And two, you know, you are in a leadership role for a reason. You have certain skills and attributes and abilities and, and gifts that have put you there. So instead of, you know, worrying about what they might do, think about all the gifts that you have and how do we focus on that and let you grow in those areas and 
you know, delegate the things that you're not good at to them. That's why we're bringing them on. <laughs> right. And, and kind of separate that. Um, I had one of the, one of the best mentors I've had throughout my career who taught me so many things, um, always told me the best thing I could do was hire a bunch of people smarter than me because that would lift me up and lift the business up. And, you know, really put that in my head. And I've always remembered that, um, you know, surround yourself with really, really smart people. And um, I think uh, when you look, you know, throughout history, when you look at um, really strong leaders that, you know, be it in, in a political sense or in a military sense, um, because that's where we have a lot of our books that are written about them, you can see that that's really been a theme of the group around them being very, very strong and typically um, that the, those are where you have the subject matter experts around that person. Gotcha. Good. Okay, cool. Thank you. That, that, that helps me out because I've ran across uh, from time to time over my career that intimidation factor, not from me, but from uh, directors that I have reported to. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it can be somewhat difficult, but this kind of shed some light on it that yeah, we are in our positions for a purpose and we must be open to learn from each other. And, you know, that, that makes, that makes great sense. I mean, I can learn, I'm with you. I don't know it all. I've been in the finance and banking uh, arena for over 20 years and I'm still learning things. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife is in, my wife is a nurse. I've learned some great money techniques from her. So uh, mm-hmm. we can always learn, even even our own uh, field, we can always learn something to add to our, I guess, our, our own skill set or mindset. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, thank you for that. All right. So, so h- how does a leader create a following to the vision or the mission of an organization? How- yeah, that's a that, that's a really great question, and I, you know, I would love to tell you there's a super easy answer, and then of course I wouldn't be on the show because I'd be super rich. So <laughs> I don't take have me magic secrets. Only if you take me with you. So <laughs> we're there. Um, I don't have the magic bullet on that. I do have a couple of a couple of techniques so that I think move the ball forward in that direction, if you will. And it does, again, start with creating clarity of purpose and goal. And it comes down to communication. And, you know, at the end of the day, in every business, so many things do come down to this clear communication. So it really does start with the leader being very clear on this is where we're going. You know, um, if, if, you know, to use a a little bit of an image, if you need to get from, because I'm here in Phoenix, I'll do it this way. If you need to get from Phoenix to New York and the leader says, listen, I want to get from Phoenix to New York and the route I want to take is to go via Chicago and the rest of the team thinks, well, I'm going to go through, you know, Miami, that that's never going to work. Right. right. So the good communication is that you need to know we're going from Phoenix to New York through Chicago and that communication has to happen and there has to be regular stopping points along the way where we're talking about okay now we're in Albuquerque what's the next place on the map now we're in you know 
Kansas City, what's next? And that regular cadence of communication. And so leader has to paint a vision of where you're going and have regular check-ins. Does everyone know what's next? How are you feeling? Do you have any roadblocks? What are your concerns? Are we all still sitting in the right seat on the on the bus? Do we have the right people? Do we need to bring new people in? All of those communications and make sure that everybody is still aligned with the values and that you're constantly bringing people into the team who match the values. And, you know, if you happen to make a wrong hire that you help people find a better position for themselves quickly, that you don't keep the wrong people on the bus type thing, and that those communications regularly happen. So all of those things are part of the process, and they start with having that clear value statement, that clear purpose statement, bringing the right people in and having clear communication. And so, you know, how do you, how do you make sure this all happens? Well, it, it is consistent, clear communication of a plan regularly happening and holding everybody accountable with regular benchmarks. And that sounds really simple when you say it. The challenge is that we don't do it. It gets really easy to get sidetracked with, you know, a fire over here. I like to call them purple squirrels over there. And the next thing you know, instead of going through Chicago, you wound up in Miami. Good point. That's a good point, which kind of leads me to another question there. Uh, okay. to follow up on that. Yeah, I mean, because uh, we're in an age right now, I mean, in any industry where mm-hmm. – of course, communication is vital uh, from the top down. It's important that we communicate regularly and consistently at all levels. Can you address or will you kind of address the importance of having uh, that clear message or that clear directive in the midst of mixed messages that are going throughout the organization? How, how does a leader deal with mixed messaging then? Yeah, you know, it is, it's probably one of the biggest challenges that causes derailment is this mix, mixed messaging. And, you know, it's never intentional, right? We don't, as, as leaders, we don't mean to send mixed messages. And sometimes mixed messages happen, you know, because we're moving quickly. And sometimes mixed messages happen because we are afraid, right? We, right now, this last six, nine months have been incredibly, uh, you know, incredibly polarizing within our communities. There's been a fear of the unknown um, on so many fronts. And just even from a business standpoint, I mean, you know, for a lot of businesses, businesses are facing, they don't even know what's going to happen in business to forecast, you know, uh, for a lot of, for a lot of businesses, they, they, you can't even look back in your historicals to forecast what's happening because there is no historicals for this. There's no roadmap. You're right. And so you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, I, I want to be transparent with my team but do I want to be transparent with my team? What happens if I'm transparent with my team? And then at the same time, your team may or may not be concerned or afraid in the environment. And so you're dealing with 
they don't want to come back to the workplace or I'm not ready to bring them back to the workplace or any of those other emotions that are going on. And all of that fear and all of that tension in the micro level inside the organization, at the macro level outside in the environment, it makes it very difficult for the leader to have continuity in their message at all times, um, even if they want to. Because sometimes what they really intended to be the truth this week got derailed by no fault of their own. And so we're all feeling kind of this boomerangy <laughs> activity. <Yeah. laughs> and best, you know, they, what they say, best laid plans, right? So um, I, I think that um, I think that really for leaders right now, um, transparency is key. It's having a lot of these just open, honest conversations. And I think that it's going to really, I think that the businesses that come through this, this is my hypothesis. I, I, I certainly not 100% sure. Right. Uh, but my hypothesis is that the businesses that really come through this uh, in the best shape a year from now are going to be the ones where the leaders and their teams were able to learn a way to navigate a new sense of trust with yeah. understanding that not knowing isn't because of um, keeping secrets. It's because of truly not knowing. And that's really hard for businesses to go through. You, you said something there. That, and I, I, I truly believe exactly what you said. Uh, the I don't know. It can be very difficult to tell people whom mm -hmm. you are leading. Um, at the same time, it, it shows us. It to me, it 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 brings out trust. If I ask you, Nicole, if I ask you a question, and if you really just don't know, tell mm -hmm. me that you don't know. Mm -hmm. I think that creates. Uh, it is definitely transparent mm -hmm. and maybe giving some explanation around the, your, I don't know actually does create a new sense of trust. I, right. I love how you phrase that because it's so true. I mean, right now we don't know. There's so much uncertainty uh, on every front. I mean, here it is with, with COVID-19. I have two kids in college one in Boston, one here in Florida. Uh, we're working from home now. Uh, then you got just all the other things that are going on in life. And those that you are responsible for, it's best to be open. Make sure that we're having those conversations and have them rather often so people won't right. make laws. But right. as a leader, you're able to at least keep your arms around those that you are leading by having those conversations, having them regular, having them often, being open and transparent, but also creating that new sense of trust. You can, some questions you can answer, and some <laughs> questions, you know, we're going to have to take it as it goes. You know, maybe this is a pivoting, pivoting moment for all of us to learn 
uh, how to deal with this particular situation, you know, just in case if something like this ever happens again, uh, mm-hmm. to document how we are responding right now. So I, I, I think, Lionel, you hit on something, though, that, that's very important. And I think there's the, the caveat in that is this um, transparency and saying, I don't know, that, that can't be a blanket answer. There has right. to be anchors within that that are um, 100% sure areas. And, and that's going to be different from business to business, and it's going to be dependent on if you're a startup, an early stage, a mature, a mature company, a large business, a small business. Every business is going to be different. So in some businesses, the what's a non-negotiable that you always know the answer to might be, um, we don't know if you're going to be working from home forever. We're always going to be distributed workforce, so we're going to go back to the office, but we do know that our our customer promise and how we um, handle uh, our service delivery promise or our brand promise is going to always be X. You know, that might yeah. be the carve out that we can always answer. So, yeah. you know, businesses are going to have to find what's the area that is a tolerance for ambiguity and what's, what's the solid ground. Because if the entire house is built on sand, that's not going to work. Right. (laughs) They're going to have to know based on their industry, based on their company stage and based on their company size, what are the areas that they can say, this is our our stake in the ground. This is what we know is solid. And these are the areas that we're going to have to allow for ambiguity. They can't have it all, you know, shaky um, because there's not enough tolerance for that in any organization. So I I think you're you're giving a great example. And I, I feel like their caveat has to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so seeing that, you know, primarily for my show is finances. Of course, mm-hmm. I go into, I call it life empowerment. So we kind of get a good mixture of that tonight talking about leadership. I kind of want to veer into the financial area of leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can leadership affect finances in an organization? Kind of kind of give us some insight about leadership and finances in an organization. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in a number of ways, I think first off um, leaders are the ultimate fiduciary responsibility in an organization. If you think about the, the C-suite, right? I mean, they have, they have to walk that fine line between making sure they are taking care of, the the business and the shareholders and making sure that everything can can sustain um, while also taking care of the holistic needs of the the team of the people and so you know I think and it's interesting I was I just was writing a blog about um, conscious consumerism the other day and um, and and that's kind of around that same idea is. And, and sustainability and, and, and how, how, from a financial standpoint, how are you a steward of the finances of a business and doing the right thing by the business in terms of making sure it's profitable and returning, you know, if it has shareholders and not just, you know, you're the only investor, how are you making sure it's doing that? How are you making sure that you're providing your employees a fair wage, a, a good wage, um, and, and how are you making sure that you're taking care of the greater good, you know, which is really the, the concept behind conscious capitalism to an extent as well. 
Um, and so I think that that really is a great leader thinks about all of those components together and says, I have this financial responsibility to, to store the money. And there's nothing wrong with thinking about profit. You know, profit is good. But how do I return that to other people in a way that's meaningful and stores the business um, by taking care of everyone? So I think, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, I, I think it did. I think it did. I mean, the, 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 resp- the ultimate responsibility falls to leadership. Absolutely. When it, when it comes to finances. Uh, and hopefully that leader is managing and leading uh, properly. You know, we've had some cases, of course, over the years, I mean, historically, of leaders that did not fulfill their obligation their financial obligation to the employees, to uh, clients, and they fell into, you know, legal trouble. I mean, it's mm-hmm. always, quote, unquote, tempting when it comes to uh, finances. Uh, if I can just gain one more dollar, that's going to make me better, and that's not always the case. But I, I think that is is so important that leaders know that. I mean, like I said at the beginning of the show, there are so many people that would love to become leaders and they don't mm-hmm. think about all of the things that leaders are responsible for. It's not just being the CEO or head of a company. You're not just there as a, as a, just as a sign, uh, <laughs> as a greater responsibility, it goes into being a leader. I mean, ultimately you're responsible for the people that you're leading. You're responsible to the stakeholders. You're responsible to the clientele. You're responsible mm-hmm. to the society whom you're serving or, or, or providing right. services to. So it's, it's kind of multifaceted, you know, as far as responsibility go. And having mm-hmm. that financial piece is very, very important because I'm a finance guy, former banker. Mm-hmm. So I know the importance of profitability and cash flow. You, can't, mm-hmm. you won't survive if you don't have profits and cash flow. That's just <laughs> Yes, you got to have that. You got to have that. But it's great to have a balance uh, with those things as well. So, yeah, you know, and it's and and there's and then within that, when you go into leadership, you know, I mean, there's there's all the there's so many choices within that, right? There's to think about ahead of time in terms of what type of leader do you want to be? Do you want to be that leader that's just, you know, pushing for every getting squeezing every penny of profit out of that or is it more important to create um to create a community impact and and have you know you know to to have the best culture and to give back to other people and is that mean that instead of and I'm just making up a number here but is it better to pay to have 50% profit gross margins or is it better to have 45% gross margins, but that other 5% is, is creating meaningful lives for your community. And what are the right. trade-offs long-term? And it's a big decision. And it's not to be entered into lightly. And, you know, there's, there's ramifications of all those decisions, and there's trade-offs in all of those decisions, short and long-term. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it can, and when times are tough, it can be a heartbreaking decision to, to grapple with. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Nicole, I have one other question and we're coming up uh, and I've got about another 10 minutes here. Uh, 
Now, seeing that we're in the days of, I call it the days of COVID-19, and mm. I've asked um, a lot of my guests that have been here, you know, since the spring, going through the summer, uh, can you give us, uh, provide to us maybe one or two uh, tips or lessons, from, maybe from a leadership standpoint, that we can focus on or take part in or do or learn during these days of COVID-19? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think there's a, there's a couple of things that, that COVID has probably um, taught us as leaders. Um, first, I think that it has taught us um, if you are a local business, I think it has probably taught us that there is nothing more important than um, getting close to your customer, even if you're, you don't have to be local, but particularly for local, getting close to your customer and really building deep relationships. And um, that the relationships you build both with your, your customer client and, and with your employees will get you through the hard times. Um, I think the resiliency that we've seen in businesses that led by service focus, service mindset, and did that first. And, and even if that meant that maybe they didn't, they didn't bring in the revenue right away, but they focused on how are they going to take care of the community? How are they going to take care of the people? I think that they've seen that pay dividends. And those are the ones that are, we're able to get through this um, and are now really strong. Um, And so there's nothing like a great customer experience. Absolutely. Um, that is one thing. And I think the other thing is to um, never take for granted the importance of infrastructure. Um, I think what I saw were many businesses, and I, I didn't necessarily, I, I saw this firsthand, but I also heard this from peer groups. There were a lot of businesses that um, probably hadn't prepared as they could have for um, for the infrastructure needs of communication being remote. Um, uh, and, yeah. you know, the reality is I, I've Zoom meetings and doing sales calls remotely. This has been around for decades. I mean, well, not decades, but, you know, many, many, many years. Right. This isn't really anything new. And yet right. a lot of businesses all of a sudden were and online learning and all these kind of things. This wasn't new technology, but a lot of businesses really, struggled with how to all of a sudden support distributed teams and work and it shouldn't have been as difficult as it was and I think that um, we probably as leaders all leaders have contingency plans and emergency plans I mean weather happens you know things happen we probably should have thought no one could have foresaw that we would be under COVID type scenarios for nine months, but we probably should have thought about technology infrastructure planning and alternative planning a little bit better um, than we should have um, and been more adaptive because quite honestly, at least in HR groups, people have been talking, I mean, we've been talking about offshore teams, remote teams for development and some other types of groups for years. So it wasn't a new thought. And I think none of us thought about it. Yeah. The way we could have. And so I, I feel like 
maybe maybe a miss there, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty in every situation. So I, oh, yeah. who am I to cast a stone in that glass house? <laughs> Oh, I mean, point taken. You're right. I mean, even <laughs> even the hey, even the companies that we utilize, such as Zoom, they were not prepared. I mean, they were completely overwhelmed when we all started working from home and doing Zoom meetings. I mean, right. so you're absolutely right. Absolutely and yet, right. it's so funny because like universities have been doing online learning for years and years and years, right? And like right. offshore development for tech has been around. For years and years and years. so it's it's funny that we didn't think about it and yet we didn't think about it and so yeah. I don't know who yeah. was the futurist that didn't tell us to think about it but there was a futurist who none of us paid attention to because <laughs> <laughs> you know what somebody out there was saying this but we just didn't hear it yeah <laughs> you're yeah. right so you're right I, I'm not I shouldn't throw the stone in that glass house because I certainly wasn't paying attention right yeah I don't think I think 90% of us were not paying attention so. Uh, right. We're all in the same boat when it comes to that. So, cool. Well, Nicole, this has been a very good uh, conversation, uh, learning opportunity, I would say, uh, talking about developing today's leader and talking about leadership. Now, for all of my listeners that are wanting to reach out or to connect with you, can you provide your contact information, website, uh, any communication uh, uh information if you can please provide that absolutely absolutely so my uh website is nicole n-i-c-o-l-e sprakelly s-p-r-a-c-a-l-e dot com and uh there is a contact form on there uh you can find me on linkedin you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by my name. Um, so I am super easy to find, and I respond very quickly because I love social media. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, it's the way. Hey, it's the way it is. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I remember a friend telling me about uh, Twitter probably five, mm -hmm. six years ago, and. Uh, I was reluctant. I went, nah, that's for entertainers. You know, I'm not looking to do that. And I'm so glad that he told me about it because I've met so many people uh, just through Twitter alone, mm -hmm. uh, some of which have been here even on my show that I've met through Twitter. So, yeah, nice. social media, very, very important. <laughs> yeah. Very important. yeah. Yeah, very important. Go. Cool. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for uh, being a guest here on the show, uh, giving us great nuggets of information and sharing your expertise with us tonight. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I am so, so appreciative of the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. You know, uh, after all this is over, or maybe at the beginning of the year, we might have to touch bases again and kind of give us uh, uh, how leadership or how you know how leaders are performing, uh, or how they did perform throughout the year 2020. So, so you might be looking for an email. Uh, you should be looking for an email from me or something. Uh, maybe we can uh, put together another show at the beginning of the year to kind of touch on this uh, going forward again. So, sounds fun. I would love it. 
Okay, perfect. Okay. Well, thank you again for uh, being here. And, and I want to say big thank you so much for all of my listeners for tuning in tonight. Uh, you've tuned into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't touched base with me yet, you can hit me up on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I also have a YouTube uh, channel as well. But you can also reach me on my website at shipmentconsulting.com. And for those of you that don't know, I wrote my first uh, finance book, had it published back in January. That book is called Money Responsibly. You can get that book on Amazon or you can request an autographed copy on my website at shipmentconsulting.com. Just click on the Contact Us page and submit your request, and we will make sure that we get a copy of the book in your hand. Again, the book is called Money Responsibly. Now, as we get ready to close, I want you to remember these words. Give cheerfully. Excuse me. I said that incorrectly. I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully. Spend carefully. And invest wisely. Now, we will talk with you again on next week. But before we go, you know, I always love to play some smooth jazz music. Check out this tune by Mr. Dave Sereni. Take care, everyone. Thanks again, Nicole. We'll talk to you, talk to you soon. <laughs>